Hello and welcome to A's Plus, the San Francisco Chronicle's podcast on the Oakland A's and Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Chronicle A's beat writer Susan Slusser, and today our guest is A's general manager David Forrest. We'll talk a little bit about the challenges the front office faces in trying to get ready quickly for a shortened Major League Baseball season, plus what the A's roster might look like and the injury to A.J. Puck, how it might affect the team. So, David, um, first of all, as we're speaking here, you guys have one exhibition game under your belt. What were your impressions of uh, everything that went on uh, Monday night at the Coliseum? Such an unusual situation. How did you, just in terms of the sheer experience, what was it like for you? Well, it's been it's been a long road to get to that point. Obviously, going all the way back to March and, and shutting down and, you know, everything that we've experienced in the months since, both you know, both professionally and personally. Um, but to, to get to the point of an exhibition game, actually playing against another team, uh, obviously there's, you know, there's a ton of work that, that goes into that behind the scenes, a ton of work on the part of our players to, to, you know, physically be ready and then also comply with the protocols. So it was, um, you know, it was gratifying to, to see it actually happen. Uh, it actually looked like baseball, Hopefully the, hopefully the people watching on TV felt that way um, because that's the whole point of this, this endeavor. And, um, yeah, it's good, it's good to have one under our belt. What did you think of sort of, you know, just sort of the atmosphere in the Coliseum, the cutouts, the, the kind of the piped-in crowd noise, uh, players sitting in the stands and t- under tents and, and all, you know, just kind of the, the whole vast array of unusual weirdness. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. I mean, we've been watching it come together now for a few weeks. Those, you know, those cutouts have gone up one by one. The, the crowd noise, we've been, you know, people up in uh, productions have been working on that, kind of playing around with it. And, and I, you know, I, I thought everybody did a great job last night. I mean, I, I think it does, it, it sounds better to have that crowd noise than not. It was, it was weird watching some of our inner squads in a empty, quiet stadium. Um, but again, you know, it's a lot of that stuff is is not for us. You know, those of us that are in the ballpark, we're we're, we're creating a product on TV for our fans to be able to be part of this season. And and uh, I I think you know I think it seemed like a, a almost a regular season baseball game. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, especially for an exhibition game. Um, we're it's very strange to see a A's Giants game in the Bay Area though be essentially kind of relatively quiet usually those things are packed so yeah no that that was different yes even the Bay Bridge like exhibition games get good crowds and uh yeah the only people in the stands were were you the media and and some of our pitchers so yeah it was weird it was weird (laughs) uh how challenging has this time been for the front office um you have to try to get a camp up and running at the Coliseum in just a couple of days. And it's obviously an abbreviated camp. And then you had the extra, um, you know, problems of trying to to find a place for your pool player camp, um, which I know you, you know, you spent a week or two trying to run around trying to do that. And you're dealing with getting everyone in for testing and staggering everyone and making sure that all the safety protocols are in place and uh, things were moved around the Coliseum. It, it seems like it was an extraordinary accomplishment for the front office and for everyone really in the, in the staff there. It was. Yeah. And I, and, you know, I appreciate you recognizing that. I mean, look, I want to sort of preface everything when we use the word challenging. I mean, what, what we're doing compared to what uh, a lot of people in the country 
and the world have faced over the past few months, it's hard to really uh, articulate how to put that into perspective. So let's you sort of get that out there, that this is a different challenge than what a lot of people are, are facing every day. Uh, that said, I mean, the the amount of work that has gone into this, and, and I've, I've singled some people out before, and I will continue to do that. Nick Paparesta, our head athletic trainer, Tony Leo, who's jumped in as our infection control prevention coordinator, uh, you know, the people down at the alternate site, Justin Whitehouse and Zach Bash and Ed Sprague. I mean, all these people have taken on things that were nowhere close to their job description just a few months ago. And we all have, really. I mean, uh, you know, I ended up touring minor league facilities and, and local junior colleges, <laughs> looking at their, you know, looking at their locker rooms and their laundry facilities and seeing what might work for, a, you know, basically to host a minor league team. Like we've all added to our job description. And that's, you know, that's part of making this happen. Um, you know, Bob, Bob and the coaching staff have, have had to do things that they were never asked to do before in terms of, you know, ho holding meetings outside and, and Ryan Christensen every night has to put together a schedule with staggered arrival times and figure out four different BP configurations. I mean, this is there's a, there is an extraordinary amount of work that's gone into it, like you said. And um, and again, I, I've said a couple of times it, it, it's worth doing because of the impact it, it hopefully has on, on keeping the game going, uh, getting the players paid, and, and ultimately keeping the jobs of the people around baseball and around our organization. Yeah, I think people kind of lose track of that, too, that it's not just players that are getting paid. It's allowing you guys, and you guys were un, in the unfortunate situation of ha having to furlough quite a number of people. I know you've brought back a lot of, of scouts, which is wonderful, but you know, when the games are up and running, it teams are able to keep paying everyone, you know, the regular people, not just players. Right. Without a doubt. And, and, and the alternate site specifically allowed us to bring back a number of staff, uh, you know, coaches, athletic trainers, strength coaches to, to run that, which was great. I mean, unfortunately, there still are a lot of player development staff uh, that are on furlough. And, and because there is no minor league season, uh, we just we were not able to bring them back. So we're, you know, we're very much thinking of, of those folks right now. But but there are a bunch of scouts back out there working. There are events happening. Um, so we've, you know, we've been working on that. But but it, yeah, that was, you know, one of the rougher parts of the last four months. Yeah, no, I know that was very hard for you, for you guys and for everybody with the organization. Now, how, how many places did you wind up looking or even can you estimate <laughs> as you uh, once you determined that that Stockton might not fit exactly what you were looking for before you settled on uh, what I think of as San Jose Municipal Stadium? Yeah, I mean, we kicked around about a half dozen ideas, and, and some of those got further down the road than others. I mean, I, I can I can tell you now, you know, I went over to Laney College and met with some of the folks there, um, you know, just to, to look at their baseball field, which is beautiful and, and very convenient to the Coliseum. Yeah. Um, but it was you know, it was tough. They, they weren't sure if they were going to have students back at the end of August and having exclusive access to our facility to make sure it was secure and, and uh, you know, and clean was important. So that didn't work. We, we talked about a number of other minor league facilities within a hundred square mile radius and some outside, outside that radius too, just in case. But uh, once we met with the folks down in San Jose, they were great. Ben Taylor, and, uh, and Dan Orham, those guys down there, were very willing to work with us, and I'm, I'm thrilled that it worked out. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, 
the, you now have an expanded roster to deal with, a 30-man roster, at least initially for the first 15 days, and a ta three-man taxi squad. Teams don't have to uh, fill up the roster or even have a ta taxi squad. Is it, is it more fun having these more spots, or is that even more difficult when you're looking at trying to put a team together? Well, it makes it makes my job a little easier. I mean, we don't we don't have to cut down to 26 for another month, so uh, we get to keep some of the guys we like around. It, it may be a little tougher for Bob to figure out, you know, how to get all these guys in games, get them all, you know, innings, get them work because he's used to working with a smaller group. But um, I, look, I I I would have would have liked to have been at 30 all year. I think these are pretty extraordinary circumstances, and the more flexibility everybody has. Uh, the better, but um, but that decision gets made above me. So I'm I'm glad we have 30 and then 28 for the first month. I think it will hopefully prevent some injuries and guys doing too much too soon, but also uh, allow Bob to uh, to make some decisions in game that he wouldn't otherwise get to do, and, and you know give us a little bit of an advantage with extra guys. So it sounds like you probably will max out that 30 man roster and the taxi squad then. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I don't imagine anybody wouldn't. So yeah, we'll have we'll have thirty guys, and then for the first road trip, we've already started the conversation of who the the three man taxi squad will be. If you know, if for no other reason than if you have injuries or need to make moves on the road, you you absolutely want to avoid commercial flights. I mean, we've gone to such such lengths here to insulate this group and uh, and keep them protected, and, and to have to open it up to a commercial flight is is the last resort at this point absolutely now how do you think see things with the team with the season just about to start um regular season with the opener on friday obviously a disappointing announcement yesterday that aj puck will open the season on the injured list he's gone to la to see dr ella trosh um do you guys have a prognosis for him yet do you have any idea how long he might be out we don't. No, I mean he. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, he felt similar to what he did in in spring training, and he did. You know, he did such a great job rehabbing almost on his own. I mean, he was set him up with physical therapy while he was back home in Iowa. You know, it's disappointing, frustrating for AJ. Um, but if you, you know, you ask how I feel about our team, I I liked our team in December. I liked our team in February, and I, I still like our team. Uh, I think we'll we should compete for the division and. Ultimately, the goal of this whole 60-game sprint is to get into the postseason. So I, uh, you know, I like the guys who are out there on the field. We'll be back with more with David Forrest in just one moment. And a reminder, you can subscribe to the San Francisco Chronicle at sfchronicle.com slash pod. Your team depth is is very good, which I would imagine a 60 game season is uh, maybe even a little bit more important. But, but particularly in pitching, how do you feel? You know, with Lizardo not initially to be in the rotation after testing positive corona, for coronavirus, um, and having guys like Chris Bassett and Daniel Mangdon who can step in, what does that mean for you guys? Well, your yeah, your pitching is is only as good as as the health of those arms and and you know we knew bass coming in that bassett and mangdon uh will find a way to, to make starts regardless it just always happens and and you know luckily for daniel this sort of extended layoff gave him a chance to to get back to a point where he could um you know he could be a starter so yeah i mean both guys will start the year in the rotation uh we'll, we'll figure out the best way to get these 
uh, stretched out, but but you know just because just because Jesus is ready to start, you know, doesn't mean we're not going to need other guys. We just we just know that's the way it works, and with a probably a ten man bullpen to start, Bob has a little you know some ability to be creative. We've got guys who can go two and three innings in the middle of the game, and again, we, you just need to keep everybody healthy. That's, that's the most important part of this. How, how do you see things with with the lineup and with your position players? Obviously, you you have arguably the best defense, particularly in the infield, in the game. And if you get you know if Piscotti is back close to where he was two years ago, Chris Davis back to where he was two years ago, uh, and assuming full health, it, it seems to me like you have a, a very dangerous lineup potentially. We do, yeah, and we have some balance now. Part of the you know the thirty man roster gives us a couple extra left-handed options that we didn't have last year in Kemp and Machine and you know, Seth Brown was only up at the end of the year uh, you know depending on who the backup catcher is Allen or Heim will have you know some left-handed option there so I think we're balanced I think we have the power that we had last year it's you know like I said we you know we felt really good when we put this team together in the offseason and I'm excited to see what they can do. You have very few question marks. Um, the one we obviously keep bringing up over and over to you is, is second base. How are you? You do seem to have some very good options there, but how are you seeing that competition as we head into the season? I, I think Bob will will match up to start, and and I think Barreto, Machine, and Kemp are all all in that conversation. I mean, you know, we haven't seen a whole lot of Machine, but. Um, but what he's done just in the last couple of weeks is, is what we thought we were getting is a very advanced approach. Um, you know, he's got the versatility to play everywhere, but, um, but I think his bat is going to earn him some playing time. So, it, you know, it, it'll be, you know, we, we always sit here before opening day and say, God, where are we going to get the bats for these guys? And then it always, it always happens. That we, it, just, it figures itself out. And whether that's, you know, through injuries or, or through, you know, underperformance or just, you know, Bob's ability to, to move guys around and keep everybody engaged, it's, it's nice to have those options. In a, in a short season, does the front office have to be more proactive when it comes to making personnel moves, say, if somebody is underperforming? I don't know. That's a good question. Obviously, we, we've never gone through this. And, and to some extent, it, it's hard to be too aggressive in this environment. I don't know how much you're, you know, you, you move players around, whether that's from our alternate site to here or, or look at trading for players. I mean, you're, you're introducing other elements into this, uh, into this atmosphere. So I, I think there's a balance as far as playing time and lineup decisions or, or bullpen decisions. I mean, yeah, there's a little more urgency there. You don't, you don't sort of have the 162-game period for, for things to even out the way we expect them to. Uh, over a full season, so uh, we've had that conversation with Bob a little bit on, you know, on when you know when you pull the trigger on things versus you know when you, you give guys some leash, and, and we'll have to we'll have to stay in touch with Bob over the course of the season. How, how much do things potentially even change in terms of game strategies with a sixty-game season, or do they? Uh, obviously, there are new things such as the three batter minimum, and and of course the extra inning rule with a putting a runner at second base for the start of extra innings. Does that change things uh, in game strategy? I, I mean, the rule changes do. I I don't know that the length of the season does. I mean, I, I, I mean, you know the way Bob works. I mean, he every game. Every game is when he wants to win, no matter how many, you know, how many games are in the season. And, and 
we've had so many seasons come down to a matter of one or two games. I think we always know going in that, that every game matters, every win is meaningful. So I'm not, I'm not sure that changes too much for us. Now, uh, in the first exhibition game, uh, a lot of the Giants players and Gabe Kapler uh, knelt for the national anthem. And, of course, your team had the only major league player to kneel for the anthem a couple of years ago when Bruce Maxwell did so. And I, I know the team was very supportive of him in, in doing that, expressing his uh, feelings and, and supporting him. Uh, how did you see that last night, kind of a, bring some of that stuff back to you? What was your view? Uh, I mean, I wasn't surprised. I think it's going to happen across the game. And, and uh, you know, I know Farhan said something after the game, and I, I echo what he said. I mean, any any player or, or manager or coach should have our support to express themselves. I mean, I know those, those conversations are going on in our clubhouse. Um, it did take me back a little bit to, you know, what we dealt with with Bruce. And I, I said at the time I thought Bruce was brave to do what he did because he was the only one at that time. Um, and, and frankly, it's uh, hopefully it's heartening for him to see that three years later uh, it's happening around the game. We saw it happen in you know Anaheim's game last night, and I'm sure it elsewhere. And and uh, you know that that sort of silent protest is what we've seen across the country over the past few months. And and I think uh, a lot of us know at this point this, it's not about the flag or the military. This is a yeah, this is a a silent protest about you know the long history of racial injustice in this country that's continuing to the present day. And um, you know those those players, those coaches, managers, they're in the public eye. Um, it feels to me personally that anyone in the public eye has an obligation to speak out uh, in support of racial justice and equality. And if if that's their platform and that's where they choose to do it, um, then good for them. Yeah, very well said. And yeah, Bruce, you mentioned Bruce being brave. I thought so. Obviously, it's thought so at the time. And he was not established. Uh, and it, it obviously seems to, in some ways, potentially, have, uh, you know, the, he faced a lot of backlash, certainly, in the, in the wake of that. So um, I know that the A's support was something that he appreciated at the time and, and uh, I think maybe even appreciates it even more so now. Yeah, he uh, like I said, he was the only one out there at that point, and and that was hard on him. And there was there was backlash, and and you know some of the things uh, he faced immediately. We, uh, if I remember correctly, we went to Texas right after that here at homestand, and um, you know there's some really ugly, awful things he faced on the road right after that, and it was not easy. And um, yeah, hopefully a lot of these players look back, you know, what he did and, and you know, realize how difficult it was on him and, and I'm glad I'm glad that everyone doing it now has has company, frankly. Yeah, exactly. Well David Force, thanks so much for joining us on A's Plus. I look forward to waving at you from a distance uh sometime this <laughs> week and uh we'll we'll try to catch up with you maybe toward the end of the very short season. Yeah, I would say I'll see you at the ballpark, but I, I don't know that I will because yeah. we're in, we're in not, different places, here. so we'll just know that we're, bo- we're both in there. Awesome. So. All right. Thanks, Thanks, Susan. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, David. Thanks again to David Forrest for joining us on A's Plus today. Our producers have been G. Allen Johnson and King Kaufman. We will be back again later in the week with more A's Plus. Thanks for listening.